like the melody of a classic song or the twilight just before the dawn there's one thing you can bet which you never will regret the show will go on welcome to the show will go on podcast i'm your host olive astor presenting not smart by wilbert daniel Steele. the living room of a typical shore cottage the rented kind the outer doors in the rear center the door to the kitchen is to the left. The writing desk is against the wall to the right. There are two or three chairs, cheap stand, etc. We discover Milo stretched on the couch, reading a magazine, and Fanny writing at the desk. Milo closes the magazine slowly, holds it away from him over the edge of the couch, and, with an expression of exhausted hopelessness, lets it fall to the floor. He groans feebly. <sighs> what's the use? What's the use? Something in the magazine, dear? The strange woman's face in the throng, pale, alluring, baffling, with lips like the poppy and that sort of thing. The wind carving her figure as in warm and sentient marble, ankles and so on. Perfectly inflamed, our hero pursues her, careless of the hereafter, reckless of the eyes of the world. Of a sudden... A vision of his beloved one at home, you know, right in the middle of the street, flaming sword sort of thing. And I, I didn't read further. I don't need to. I know he'll turn around and go home, Fanny. Home. Oh, fancy. Milo jumps up and kicks the magazine across the floor. They're all the same. That's what's the matter with America. He relapses on the couch, crosses his arms over his head, and goes on speaking to the ceiling. Thank God. Er, the gods. Nothing like that can ever happen to us. Isn't it fearful to think of one spirit cooped up between four narrow walls like that? Fanny nods without turning her head. Now I would have followed that ankle, wouldn't I? I would have followed it till it... till it turned to ashes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. And then when I came back to you enriched, bringing the spoils of her profound experience, Fanny, you wouldn't mind. Fanny looks up at him. Mind? Why should I mind, Milo? Can a thing of that sort tamper with the essential qualities of our relationship? No, no. We've learned better than that, you and I. Milo sits up again with waxing enthusiasm. And you? You'll always feel quite free, too. You'll never let the silly inhibitions... No, no! Someday there may be a nice chap. I'd rather have it a nice chap. Like Mort, say. Mort Painter? Fanny's attention has returned to her letter once more. She folds it, puts it in an envelope, and addresses it. Milo, studying her with a light of uneasy speculation, goes on after a moment. I'm afraid it would raise a bit of the devil in the painter house, Fanny, that's all. You know, Mrs. Painter isn't exactly our kind. Fanny, still about her business, rises and places the letter, among others, on top of the desk. But he isn't home, you know. Fanny turns suddenly to face him. And why isn't he home? Why is he staying away so long? It's over two months now since he's been away. Why, well, I don't know. He probably finds the fishing good down there in Maine. Or wherever he is, I... I hadn't thought. I had, Milo. There's something in the woodpile, I tell you. Mrs. Painter is distinctly evasive. 
It's all so unnatural. We all came down to this corner of the shore to have a nice, quiet summer. And then, of a sudden, he packs up and is gone overnight, and no sign of his coming back. There's something behind it, Milo. Milo rises and begins pacing the floor. There's the woman cropping out. Why shouldn't he go off fishing and stay as long as he wants to? I've been thinking of nothing for a week but Mort. Milo stops short and starts to stare at her. You have? He sits down weakly on the couch, mops his brow with his handkerchief, and then recovers himself. I must say, Fanny, this rather sudden interest in one of my oldest friends. You don't mind. Mind? (laughs) Oh, mind? Why, good heavens, Fanny, why should I mind? I knew you wouldn't. And after all, it's his wife I'm concerned about. Poor thing, stranded here all alone. It's darn hot, I say. I think I'll have a glass of milk if you'd be so good, Fanny. That's a dear. Fanny crosses to the door at the left and calls out. Maddie! Maddie! Huh? Bring Mr. Tate a glass of milk right away. And how many times have I told you to say ma'am when you speak to me? Why should she say ma'am? After all, my dear, you know she is... There are times, Milo, when your theories... My theories, Francis, are identical with yours. The only point of variance being that I am willing to practice them at home. Rising, Milo transfixes his wife with a didactic forefinger. We all talk so largely of the Brotherhood of Man, and yet here is a young girl, a really splendid sort of creature in a way, living close to the throbbing heart of Mother Earth. Close to the throbbing heart of the kitchen range, you'd better say. For all your fine talk, you don't know any more about her than I do. And that's not a blessed thing. Not one single blessed thing, Milo. For all we know, she may be... Oh, for heaven's sake, Milo, stop looking that way. Living close to the throbbing heart of Mother Earth, filling the life pulse of the cosmos. Well, damn it all, she's precisely the kind of thing we write about and talk about and make gestures about. The lot of us, you know. Only she is it. She lives it. She's got something we've lost. Sometimes, you know, my dear, I almost... I do feel, in a way... Yes? A strange spiritual bond with that creature, something drawing me irresistibly, like the pull of green things in the damp earth. Weird, almost, uh, pleasing. By the way, you don't mind. Mind? Milo holds his chin in his hand. In a way, you know, she's got something or other that we... Maddie enters, carrying a glass of milk on a server. Ah! With an unwanted energy, Milo moves a small stand behind the couch, half reclines, and waves Maddie to deposit the glass on the stand. As she does so, he gently captures her hand in his. She endeavors to recover it, profoundly embarrassed, and casts a frightened glance at the mistress. Then, evidently deciding in her numb and docile brain that this is the accepted thing, remains inert, staring ponderously at her boot toes. I wonder if you've ever thought much about yourself, Maddie. You wouldn't, though. You wouldn't. That's just the matter with us. No, of course you wouldn't. She wouldn't, would she? We've been wondering if you knew how wonderful you are, Matt, because you are wonderful. You're out of your age, and a world staggering under a Freud, a Trotsky, a Marconi, the Republic of China, and the Imagist poets. 
You've managed somehow to slip back to the great, all-brooding fundamentals. Food, shelter, procreation. Milo! That, I believe, is the order in which they come. Milo lights a cigarette. Or perhaps I'm wrong. Of course, my dear, if you want to get into philosophics and metaphysics, I grant you the old argument. Does the hen come first and the egg second? Or the egg first and the hen? Milo, that is a young girl! Maddie exits as Milo begins shaking his head slowly. (sighs) Francis, Francis, are we to be always like that? Always slipping back into the old fog-bound superstitions of the mid-Victorian home? Oh, be quiet, please. It isn't that. You ought to know me well enough by this time. But, but she wouldn't understand. If she could understand, if it would do her any good, enlarge her life in the least, Milo. Understand? Of course she doesn't understand. Do we want her to understand, my dear girl? Enlarge her life? Look here, my dear, I am serious. That girl has got something or other that neither you nor I or any of us in the the group would come to in a thousand years of self-centered and spiritual crucifixion. She has got... Fanny rises. Exactly what? What? Fanny, what? She has got... She's... See here, Francis, you know what I mean as well as I do. For heaven's sakes, after two years of our talks, our trying to find the... In our little group, you know... Look here, Fanny, you've talked as primitive as anyone, and now you stand here and ask. Glancing out of the window, he speaks with an air of relief at the diversion. Oh, here comes Mrs. Painter up the steps. Fanny extends the half-smoked cigarette. Oh, 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 quick, take this! Milo starts to take it furtively. Then, as if bethinking himself, draws back and confronts her grimly. Fanny! You idiot! A knock is heard at the door. Fanny, wasting no time in further argument, skips about in desperate search for a place to hide the incriminating object. Francis, are we to be always that... that kind? Fanny faces him defiantly, then, shamed by his superior sense of humor, puts the cigarette between her lips and puffs consciously. The knocking resumes. Come in! Mrs. Painter enters. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Tate. I was just coming up from the beach, you know, and I thought I'd... Catching sight of Fanny in a cloud of smoke, she gasps, stares desperately at the floor, the ceiling, the desk, (sighs) then sinks down in a chair. Drop in. Terribly glad. When's Mort coming home? I... I... He hasn't decided. Hasn't it been a glorious... Mrs. Painter suffers another shock as her eyes, turning, come to the pillar of smoke and relapses. (coughs) Fanny inhaled by accident. (laughs) Perfectly glorious, really. Yes, yes. When's Mort coming home? I... I... He hasn't... Mrs. Painter looks from one to the other with a sudden suspicion. Then she rises majestically and confronts Fanny with an icy accusation. Mrs. Tate, your husband asked me that question ten seconds ago, and, if I'm not mistaken, you heard me answer him. Mrs. Painter bursts into tears and stamps her feet. Pecking at you? 
She sinks down in the chair and, burying her face in her hands, gives way to uncontrollable grief. The others exchange inquiring glances, shrug their shoulders, and sign with the helpless bewilderment of the falsely accused. By and by, Mrs. Painter begins to speak, her cheeks pressed in her palms, eyes fixed on vacancy. I suppose you might as well know. You'll have to sometime. Mort is never coming back. What? Old Mort. Good old Mort. For heaven's sakes, why not? You remember the mate we engaged down here the first summer? Abby Small? Well, she got in trouble. Oh, yes. Mort denied it and denied it and denied it. He would, of course. We got her out of the way immediately, sent her up to the rescued Magdalene's home in the city. We couldn't do any less. I know the place. It's good and clean and wholesome. Not at all like an institution. They have their amusements and things. And... And... She suffers a momentary (laughs) relapse into tears. Milo begins to pace the floor, wrapped in thought. And Mort, when he found at last that the wool would not be pulled over my eyes, packed up his things and went away. Perhaps it is best. Best? You can say best? My God! You must forgive me, Mrs. Painter. He sits down on the end of the couch and goes on. You say it is best by your lights. And by my lights, I say it is worse. Worse because it seems to me you are missing the fundamental significance of life. That you are deliberately shutting the door on life. That you are throwing away an experience. You three! Think of it. How wonderful a thing. Passing together hand in hand through the unfolding hours of a miracle. You three. Mrs. Painter at last recovers the faculty of speech. Uh, are you crazy? Is is the man insane? Fanny smiles. No, Mrs. Painter. It seems to me he is precisely sane. We have been thinking about it a good deal, Milo and I, and we... Mrs. Tate, I can't say how deeply I am... I... Really, I think I'd better be going. Mrs. Painter moves away majestically toward the door. Fanny intercepts her. Now, now, don't take on so, my dear. Pshaw! You mustn't go off in a huff like this, must she, Milo? See here, sit down and we'll have a cup of tea. Maddie! Maddie! Yes, yes, do. Please sit down. Maddie! Maddie! Where is that girl? Wait a second, I'll go hurry her up. Milo exits while Mrs. Painter sobs gently into her handkerchief. (laughs) But, my dear, my dear... You couldn't talk that way, either of you, if you had been through it yourselves. If you know, if you knew the torment of that day when the girl came to me and told me that she wasn't smart. Not smart? Yes, that's the way they put it down here, when they are expecting. Oh, how quaint. Not smart. Fancy. 
Milo re-enters. Oh, Milo, my dear, Mrs. Painter has just been telling me the quaintest thing. Mrs. Painter draws up and recovers her dignity. <clears throat> it is a thing I should rather not discuss in, in mixed company, especially with Mr. Tate. Oh, come now, Mrs. Painter, don't let us quarrel over, over abstractions. See here, we'll have some tea and we'll all feel better. Where's that girl? Maddie enters, a dish in one hand, dish towel in the other. She stands staring gloomily at her boots. Yeah, ma'am. Mom. That's better. Now will you bring the tea things quickly? Yeah, mom. Maddie remains standing there, however. Well? Maddie does not answer. Her lower lip sags. Her knees bend a little, and the dish, escaping her nerveless fingers, crashes on the floor. Good heavens, what is the matter with you? Speak! Maddie stares at the floor. I... I ain't smart. Not smart? Fanny totters a little and puts her hand to her throat. Not smart? Not smart? Dear creature, oh, you wonderful, simple, primitive creature. Smartness. Bah! Turning onto the others savagely. Don't sit there looking at me so aghast as if I were uttering heresies. Smart? We are smart. You and you and I. And look at us. Turning back to Maddie. No, no, my dear girl. You are not smart. And heaven send you may never come to be smart. You hiding in your soul something a thousand times more precious than smartness. An element of wisdom. Milo! It isn't that, you fool. It isn't that she means by not smart. Don't you know what it means down here? It means that one is in a delicate... Delicate? You say delicate, and I say don't talk to me of delicacy. No, no. Look at me as hard as you want to. There's something more priceless in the world than delicacy. We're immersed in it. Yes, I'll say it immersed. All the vile little soul-stifling inhibitions of soap and toothbrush, Chinese potteries. I see that I shock you. Well, I am willing to shock you. You, Mrs. Painter. And you, my dear Francis. But I tell you that if this girl here, this splendid, deep-bosomed, oxide earthwoman, is not delicate, then as for me... I didn't say not delicate. I said in a delicate... Milo puts his hand to his brow with a sudden new suspicion of light. In a delicate what? Condition. Milo sits down abruptly on the couch and stares into vacancy. Condition? Maddie stares at her boots while the two women stare at Milo. Milo stares at nothing. By and by, he turns his head and starts violently as he meets the accusing eyes. Seized by a sudden panic, he shakes wild hands at them. Stop looking at me! Stop it, I say. Stop looking at me. Stop, stop, stop. The idea. Milo. Oh, Milo, Milo. Mrs. Painter crosses with a stately sweep to the door. I am afraid I shall have to say good evening. She exits in a blaze of glory. You may leave the room. Maddie exits, her eyes still on the floor. Milo gazes after her, blank and helpless. As the door closes, Fanny sinks on her knees beside the desk and hides her face in her hands. She shakes with the tumult of her woe, sobbing a muffled Milo, Milo, from time to time. Milo paces back and forth rapidly. Francis, 
Ten minutes ago, I would have called the man a liar who told me that you, my wife, had such a low, suspicious mind. Do you hear me? Good God, Fanny. Receiving no reply, Milo subsides on the couch and mops his face. After a moment, he resumes in a harassed soliloquy. The world is full of low minds, I suppose, eternally ready to suspect the worst, licking their licorice lips for a chance at a man's good name. <sighs> of course, the girl must be gotten away from here immediately, Fanny. Still hearing no answer, he jumps up and moves toward her. See here, pull yourself together. There are arrangements to make. This poor creature can't be left here to face the sneers of these damned narrow-souled provincials. She is, in a sense, a, a dependent of ours. It seems to me we can't do less than to send her away to some place where she'll be looked after, cared for, understood, in the city. Fanny, will you listen to me? Grasping her shoulder, not too gently, he tries to uncover her face. She uncovers it herself. Please don't touch me. Stop it. Stop it, I say. Don't touch me. But, but I keep telling you. Please don't keep telling me anything. I can't comprehend anything right now. My brain won't work. I think, I think I, I am going crazy. Fanny shivers. But I tell you, it wasn't me. Fanny's shoulders drop hopelessly. Denials. Denials. I think I might have been spared this. But it wasn't. You know. If you must make a brute of yourself, you might have been a gazelle, not a jackal. Milo stares at her a moment, fascinated. Then he takes a dazed turn about the room. Somewhere in the circuit, he discovers a little spirit of his own. But if it had been, Fanny... If it had been... You wouldn't mind, would you? Fanny shrinks back. <gasps> mind? Mind! I... <laughs> <sighs> That's better. That's more like my girl. I knew you wouldn't. Even if it... Even if it had been... That's right. And now let's think. Have we got a timetable in the house with connections? And oh yes, about the address. The, what you may call it, Magdalene's home. We must get it from Mrs. Painter. The girl mustn't stay here for a moment more than is absolutely necessary. What are you talking about? That place in the city. Mrs. Painter thinks well of it. What has that got to do with it? Wh why? Of course the young woman is to remain with us. What? Naturally. Why, Milo, how queer you talk. We, you and I, are not going to miss the fundamental significance of life, are we? We're not going to deliberately shut the door on life. We three, this wonderful thing. I, I, I must say, my dear girl, this is a poor time for facetiousness. We three, passing together hand in hand, through the unfolding hours of a miracle. Francis, you are very unkind. You will never understand me. Understand you? Not in the deeper sense. You are a woman, after all. You still cling pathetically to the grammar school notion that two and two makes four. Ah, and that theories are to be put in practice at home? 
Theories, my God, theories, ideals, dreams, and if one could but afford to dream. But that is for the angels and the young, happy youth, unencumbered, foot-free. All of which is to say... Hang, take it all. My affairs are in a delicate condition. He flinches at the word. Uh, it, It's a confounded, precarious period in my career, my dear girl. Another year, who knows, and I may arrive, if nothing happens. After all, we owe a little something to my career. Ah, your career. And to our own folks, yours and mine. And, and to your good name. Quite so, my good name. You are beginning to think even of that. But I keep telling you. A loud knock is heard at the outer door. Milo, stepping to the window, cranes out. Then, with a look of consternation, runs and sets his back against the door. It's that painter woman. What are we going to do? Do? What should we do? When everything is so sweet and natural. Fanny, are you insane? No, I am precisely sane. Another knock. Let her in, please. Fanny! Fanny! A louder knock. Come in! The door opens after a brief struggle. Milo accepts sanctuary in its lee, still visible to the audience, but screened from Mrs. Painter, who enters, and after a suspicious glance at the panels, plops down in a chair and folds her hands. Well, here I am. I started to go home, and then I just couldn't. When there's anyone in trouble, when there's a chance of anyone's needing help, well... That's the way I am, Mrs. Tate. I said to myself, now, if there's anything I can do, any arrangements I can help them make to get that wretched girl out of the way before the town is by the ears. Poor Mr. Tate, I said to myself, when all these rough fishermen learn the news. Oh, my dear Mrs. Tate, you don't know them. They're ignorant and uncouth, and you wouldn't think they had a spark of sentiment or honor in them. But when anyone gets one of their woman folks in trouble, especially an outsider like Mr. Tate, well, I said to myself, weak as I am, if there's to be any harm done, any violence... Milo, who has been visibly wilting behind the door, bursts forth with an attempt at bravado. Harm? Violence? What do you mean? See here, do you imagine for one instant that any man, fisherman or no fisherman, can come around here bulldozing me, a perfectly innocent bystander? Have I no protection under the Constitution of this country? I think I have. Turning on his heels with a hollow majesty, he paces away from them, falters. But I'm forgetting that poor, tragic creature. She can't be left here to face that sneering rabble. Turning to the others, he speaks in the curt, incisive accents of a man of action, a trifle overdone. I'll get a rig. I'll drive her over to the junction. Myself. I'll take her up to the city. Myself. I'll make arrangements at the... at the... Mrs. Painter, what was that place? Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. For heaven's sakes, don't you remember? Let me think, I tell you. Please. Please don't keep hopping about that way, or I'll never remember. Hmm, let me think. Was it 93rd Street, or was it 39th Street? 
Or was it 93, some other street, or 39? But my dear woman... Fanny, who has been watching them with an icy scorn, taps the floor with one foot, but she is otherwise calm. I think you are both of you making rather, rather a spectacle of yourselves. You seem to overlook that fact that all this fuss and flurry is quite unnecessary. Quite. Unnecessary? He drags out his watch. Good lord, woman, look at the time! And this was such a good place. Not at all like an institution. They have their amusements and things. If a girl has to go away... If she has to go away, quite so. I agree with you. But you must remember that this is quite another case, for the girl is not going away. She is remaining here, quietly, with us. Francis, I swear by... But I swear, if you don't drop this pose and come to your senses... Mrs. Painter has an air of one remembering. A sudden calmness, a cool, Cheshire smile. Why, of course. Why, my dear, of course. And she turns to Milo. Oh, Mr. Tate, how stupid of me. Knowing your principles, I was in the excitement and the... uh. Danger of the moment. I was just being hopelessly middle class. Why, of course. Milo eyes them with an elemental ferocity. All right, all right. Seeing that I can hope for no ordinary human assistance from either of you, I I wash my hands of you. Only please keep out of my way. He's becoming ecstatically busy, dragging a handbag from under the couch, hopping about and stuffing into it the most absurd and unrelated objects, draperies, match safe, etc. Please, I say, keep out of my way. He looks at his watch. Maddie! Maddie! Where is that girl? Good Lord, she'll have no time to pack her things. And they, they might be here any minute. Who might be here? Please don't speak to me. Maddie! For God's sakes, girl, are you deaf? Maddie! Maddie enters. Yeah, Mom? Not her, me. Maddie, see here, hurry. Don't keep standing there like a chump. Get your things together. Just what you need. Throw them together, girl. Maddie glances uneasily at Fanny. Huh? Mom? You mustn't take any notice of him, Maddie. He's- Francis, oblige me by keeping quiet. To Maddie. Now hurry. You're going away. I'm going to take you to the city. We'll drive to the junction. Understand? Junction. Drive. City. Good God, what a bonehead. Going to city. Get that? It's a nice place. Not at all like an institution. They have their amusements and things. City. Understand? Mom, I told you not to pay any attention to him. He's not quite himself. Of course, you're not going to the city at all. You're going to remain right here with us. Right here in the house with us. We three. Very quietly. Until... Uh, until, until your, your, you know, is, is, you know, born. Damn it, she can't. I say she can't. Tell them you can't. No, Mom, I, I can't. My, my old man wouldn't like it, Mom. Your father wouldn't like it. No, Mom, th- that's right. None of them, none of them wouldn't like it, Mom. Do they? Good God. They don't know, do they? Sheepishly, Maddie has her eyes on the floor. Yeah, Mom, I I told him today, and my old man... 
Not another word. For heaven's sakes, don't stand there wasting time. Go! Get a hat on. What the devil did you have to tell them for? They might be here any minute now. The whole pack of them. Hush. My God, what's that? He grabs Maddie fiercely by the shoulder and confronts her. Girl! I guess maybe that's, that's my old man. Milo groans, then straightens up and looks about him. He steps hastily to the window and peeps out. No one on this side. Yet. Should I leave him in, Mom? Milo darts toward her and grasping her roughly by the wrist. You fool! Come! We'll make a run for it the front way. Come along, I say. He starts to drag her by main force toward the front door. Maddie, aroused from her native coma by his violence and a savage expression on his face, struggles frantically, appealing to Fanny. Uh, no, mo- Mom, Mom. <coughs> As Milo, dragging her, puts out his hand to open the front door, terror overcomes her and she begins to shriek incoherently. From the kitchen comes the sound of a door broken in and deep masculine rumblings. Mr. Snow, a fisherman, enters, disheveled, wide-eyed, carrying a trawl tub and armed with a gaff. At the sight of the tableau by the door, he draws up in a dramatic attitude of a tiger about to spring. Leave me with your hands there! Milo lets Maddie go and sinks back against the wall, staring with an appealing fascination at the intruder. It wasn't me. I swear. I give you my word, it wasn't me. Wasn't you? You stand there and tell me it wasn't you and me. Seeing you with my very eyes, wasn't you, eh? Matty, come here. Matty runs and takes exhausted shelter behind him. It wasn't me. It wasn't. It wasn't. Honestly, Mr. Mr. Stow it. I seen you so stow it before I heave this tub at your head. I don't care who you are. I know what you done. I seen you doing it. And I'm gonna give you a lesson to char on. I'll be dumbed if I ain't. Mr. Snow advances menacingly. I didn't. Don't you touch an innocent man. It was someone else did it. I swear by my honor. Somebody else did it. Mr. Snow starts to show his first signs of puzzlement. Somebody else done what? It. It what? He means got her in in trouble. In trouble? Her, him, say! Fanny plucks at her skirts. You didn't know? You didn't know? That your daughter was... My daughter? But she said you were... You were her old man. Old man? Of course I'm her old man and she's my old woman. Do you mean she is your... 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 Wife? Well, for cripe's sake now, what did you think? Milo totters to the couch and sinks down into it. We... we simply didn't think. We didn't know she was... Married. We all want to beg a thousand pardons, Mr... Mr... Milo mops his brow. Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Well, I don't know. Don't seem to understand. But I just come up here to tell you I thought best the woman should quit work now. She ain't smart, you know. Yes, yes, that's all right. We understand, old chap. Yes, indeed. Good, goodbye. Good day to you all. Tell him good day, Matty girl. Good day to you, Mum. 
For a time, deep silence reigns. Milo, relapsed on the couch, veils his face with a handkerchief. Mrs. Painter sits down in a chair, very quietly, takes her cheeks between her hands, and stares at nothing. After a moment, Milo summons strength to arise and stand mid-stage in an attitude convenient for his wife to cast her arms about him. Milo, Milo, I've been such a mean, shallow little ninny. Oh, I can never, never, never forgive myself. I wonder. I wonder. Milo, Milo, darling, look at me. I'll never doubt you again as long as I live. I remember now. It was 39 East 90. Curtain. Thank you for listening to the Show Will Go On podcast. I'm your host, Olive Astor. Please subscribe and check out our website, theshowwillgoon.com. Like the melody of a classic song, all the twilight just before the dawn, there's one thing you can bet, what you never will regret. The show will go on. All the actors have so much practice. They've been sleeping with their costumes on. We hope you're rooting for them, because it's too late to ignore them. The show will go on.